will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Look toward your neighbor and tell your neighbor, this is the time of restoration. Tell them one more time, this is the time of restoration. Please take your seats. of a new year is a good time to look back and it's a good time to look ahead and it's a good time to look at the present it's a good time to take inventory to take an assessment an evaluation of our lives. It's not practical or productive to look at only one dimension of time alone. We need to consult with the past to designate where we were and when were we there. A backward look will, will reveal the distance that you've traveled. And a backward look will reveal the direction in which you have traveled. Look at the present will give you an opportunity to compare where you actually are and when you got there and whether you are where you plan to be by the time you reached that point in time. When one looks at the present, he can evaluate in terms of desirability and advisability whether he is as he should be and where he should be. And then drawing a straight line from where you were to where you are and continuing that line toward into the future, it's possible to estimate where you're going to be in the future. I said when you draw a straight line from where you are, where you were to where you are and you continue that straight line into the future it's possible to generally estimate where you're going to be in the future where are you going to be economically where are you going to be spiritually where are you going to be emotionally and when you've done that you can evaluate the desirability and the advisability of that future projection and speed of travel if necessary. Then you can change directions if you need to. Some people will never be able to conquer the future because they are forever wrestling with the past. Past mistakes, past failures, 
past problems. And few things are more disheartening and more discouraging than to spend your life redoing things that did not turn out right the first time. So nothing is worse than that, than to spend your life redoing stuff that you didn't do right in the first place. Taking a class twice rather than taking it once and going on to the next grade. Starting at the bottom on a new job rather than moving on to the next level on the same job. Completing it successfully. Developing new friendships after old friendships have died because of your lack of wisdom. Setting financial goals which you should have reached and surpassed five years ago and ten years ago if things had been handled right. One of the things I hate to do is lose something. Lose it and then spend half a day trying to find it. But if I had not lost it in the first place, I can make real progress. Have you ever made a wrong turn on the freeway? Traveled several miles in the wrong direction? Realize your mistake and you had to turn around, come all the way back to where you made the mistake and start all over again. Is that frustrating? But it's nowhere near as frustrating as it is to find out that you have wasted that you have wasted your life or a substantial portion of your life and find out that you've been walking in the wrong direction and pursuing the wrong goal and the wrong objective. It's a terrible realization that you have lost years of your life. One of the saddest utterances in the word of God was spoken by King Saul. He said it in the Old Testament. And one of the most glorious utterances was spoken by the Apostle Paul, who spoke it in the New Testament. King Saul said in 1 Samuel 26, 21, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. That was his assessment of his life his assessment of his character. Then the apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 and 6, I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. I appreciate the fact that both of them use the pronoun I. King Saul did not refer to circumstances. He did not refer to people in explaining his failure. He just said that I did it. I have played the fool. And I have erred exceedingly. It's so easy to blame people. So easy to blame circumstances. There's little that we can do about people though. And there's little that we can do about circumstances, but there's a whole lot we can do about ourselves. I hope somebody will decide to do something about yourself. 
in the year 2017. And as we can tell, the prophet Joel lived at a time when a horde of insects had invaded the land of Judah. Joel 1 and 4 informs us that palmer worms, canker worms, caterpillars, and a host of locusts or grasshoppers comprised that insect army that came against his land. Now, we don't know a great deal about palmer worms or canker worms. We know a bit more about caterpillars. But what I remember most about worms in relationship to fruits and vegetables is the fact that sometimes worms live in the fruit that they consume. And if they've not destroyed the fruit by the time you come along, once you find in them in the fruit, you really don't want the fruit anymore. Can I get a witness? We get especially concerned when we've been biting an apple and then look down and find half a worm wiggling. Uh-huh. And the only deduction is that that other worm is in our, half of the worm is in our stomach. But you know, there are many worms that destroy from within. Lord, help me preach today. In the same sense, most of the destruction in our lives comes from the inside. Would you tell your neighbor, most of the destruction in our lives comes from the inside? Emotions on the inside, drives, desires, fears, foolish ideas, sins are not forces on the outside, but they are forces that are on the inside. Internal malfunctions are extremely difficult to deal with. And listen, if you're being destroyed from within, people in circumstances don't have anything to do with it. So don't complain about people. Don't spend your time complaining about circumstances if the problem is on the inside. Look over towards your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, if the problem's on the inside, don't complain about people and about circumstances. When I hear somebody just talking about people did this, did that, I tune them out. Because either they don't know or they are neglecting what they're really talking about. Has anything in your life been destroyed because of something on the inside? Is your mind and your soul and spirit in turmoil because of destructive forces that are at work within has something you thought was going to be enjoyable become repulsive? Worms not only destroy from the inside and cause fruit to become repulsive, they cause plants to wither and to die. Some of the people can gain your love and gain your confidence. Once they gain your confidence and get in your heart, then they start destroying you from the inside. But then not only are there worms, but at one stage grasshoppers develop from worms and when they become grasshoppers, they can be even more destructive. Locusts were detrimental to plant life in any number. But what has caused locusts to be so fearsome historically is their tendency to swarm 
by the millions and consume all vegetation in an entire area so that there is no vegetable life left. Have I been confronted by a swarm of troubles which wiped almost everything out? I said, as soon as you got through with one thing, there was something else. And pretty soon there were so many things coming in your direction that you could not deal with any of them because of their great number. Have you ever had too many problems? One, of two, one or two of them you could have dealt with, but a thousand problems coming all at the same time. I tell somebody sometimes I feel like I'm a batter up to plate. And I look out on the pitcher's mound, there are five guys throwing ball all at the same time. No way on earth you can bat five balls coming toward you at the same time. Could somebody say amen. amen. So the locusts symbolize destruction that comes from the outside. Outside forces and circumstances can sometimes be de detrimental beyond any words. Circumstances beyond our control can strip us and leave us with nothing. So we hear sometimes people saying, due to circumstances beyond my control, I'm unable to keep my commitment. But when everything is dead, when everything is destroyed, when everything is wiped out, we feel that the labor that brought all of that into existence was wasted labor. We feel that the time spent was wasted time. And so this prophet, Joel, informed us that farmers had worked and labored for months and even years, only to have it all destroyed by worms and destroyed by locusts. In a very brief period of time, they came upon the land and nothing was left behind. Therefore, those months and those years were felt by many to be lost months and lost years. Are you all still with me today? It's not a good feeling to know that you've lost a year. Not a good feeling to know that you've lost part of a year. Is there anybody in here that feels like you've lost some of 2016? Some of the things that you were supposed to experience, accomplish, you feel like you did not accomplish them, that you've lost them, and you've lost the ground that you had gained even before that time. But that is the feeling and the fact of so many people today. You may feel that some of your life, some of your years may have been lost, but God speaks a promise through Brother Joel. Oh, if you're glad for the promise, clap your hands. In the midst of our worst circumstances, in the midst of time when life is more than we can bear, God makes us a promise. Aren't you glad that God is a promise-making God? Clap your hands and give praise to God. And this is a promise that I'm going to claim. It's a promise that all of us can claim and lay hold on and walk out of here with the promise of God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, when I leave here, I'm going to have the promise of God on my life. Joel 2.25, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, 
God promised to give them years of comfort to compensate for the years of deprivation. Tell your neighbor, God's going to give you years of comfort to take care of the years of deprivation. He promised to repair the damage. Oh, I like that. I know you've been damaged, but God is going to repair the damage. Tell somebody God's going to repair the damage. I said on last night, some of us have scars. And we complain about our scars. But don't you complain about your scar because a scar is nothing but a healed wound. It's nothing but a healed wound. And if the wound has healed, that means the worst is over and the best is yet to come. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, don't you cry about your scars. A scar is a healed wound. And if the wound has healed, the worst is over and the best is yet to come. How many of you know that scar tissue is the toughest tissue anywhere on your body? And when something hits skin, it might break it or damage it. But if it hits scar tissue, it just bounces off. And you keep on going by the power of Almighty God. God promised to repair the damage and to make up for the loss. I feel that God has sent this word today. How many of you need this word? How many of you need this word? Because somebody in here is broken and discouraged. Somebody here has given up in despair and you have no further desire to continue or keep on struggling. But I want to tell you today, hold on. Keep on going by the power of God because God said he's going to restore everything that the devil has destroyed in your life. This is the time of restoration. Come on, tell your neighbor, this is the time of restoration. You're going to try to get through here pretty soon. I just want you to know God is a God of restoration. That's just what he does. He restores stuff. He repairs stuff. In Ruth 4.14, we find the words, Blessed be the Lord. He shall be to thee a restorer of thy life. And I just say that to you, blessed be the Lord. He shall be to you a restorer of your life. Matter of fact, God is not only the restorer, he is in the restoration business. When something is broken, worn, scratched, and it disrepair, and somebody fix it, that makes it like brand new. And when it has been restored, when, when something which was lost is found and returned to its rightful owner, it has been restored. When something has been taken away, and then when they give it back, that means it has been restored. Clap your hands that you love and serve a God who is a God of restoration. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 2, the word of the Lord says, Speak comfort to Jerusalem. Cry out to Jerusalem, her warfare is over. Her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Come on, say it with me. Your iniquity is pardoned. Your warfare is ended. You received double for all your sins. Tell the neighbors, turnaround time. 
It's blessing time. It's blessing time. Going a little bit further, we read in Psalm 126, verse 1, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad about it. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He continually goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God's going to turn this thing around. I know you've been weeping. I know you've been crying. But God is going to have you to reap in joy. Hallelujah. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come. Come on, praise God. Joy will come in the morning. Tell two people, hold on until morning time. Tell them one more time, hold on until morning time. God is an all-wise, all-powerful creator. And if God is all that, then there's nothing that's too hard for God. God is a restorer. And he has promised in the text, I will restore. I don't care what it is. I don't care how rough it's been. I don't care how many times you fail. God is a restorer. To restore is to place again. Humanity lost its place with God because of sin. And we in our place was repurchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And if we've been bought back from somebody who stole us away, then that means we're going to be all right. Tell your neighbor, it's going to be all right. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it whiter than snow. His blood was the price that he paid for our restoration. He was the substitute that died in our place. And when he died and when he rose again, that made everything new in our lives. So our relationship with God is restored. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you believe your relationship with God is restored, but not only is your relationship restored, you are restored and you are renewed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and behold all things are become new. Hallelujah. But let me tell you how to be restored. Tell your neighbor you can be restored. But let me tell you how. Number one, recognize the error of your way. You've got to recognize your mistake. Somebody want to blame their failure on everybody else. But if you want to find success, take credit and take responsibility for yourself. Saul said, I have played the fool and I have erred exceedingly. When you've done wrong, you just got to face it. 
You just got to see it for what it is and then repent for your sins. Ask God to forgive you for the wrong you've done. That's what David did. David came before God. And in Psalm 51 and 1, he said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And David said, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me against you and you only. Have I sinned? When you've done wrong, you've just done wrong. And don't worry about people. It's God you've got to deal with. And David said, God, I've sinned before you. But down in verse 12, he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Child of God, if you want to be restored, you just need to go before God and say, Lord, I've done wrong. And now I want you to restore me. I said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Tell your neighbor, God is going to give me my joy back. God is going to give me my peace back. God is going to give me back everything I love. The prodigal son went to his father, got his inheritance went out into a far land, spent everything on righteous living. When he had spent all, he couldn't find anybody to help him out. He decided, I'd better go back home. The Bible says when he came to himself, he said, even my father's servants have bread enough and to spare, and I'm perishing with hunger. I'm going back home. And I'm going to say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like a hard servant. And while he was a great way off, his father looked out and saw him on the way back home and said, that's my son. And he ran to him and embraced him. The son was hungry. The son was tired. He might not even have made it back home. But God, the Father, looked out and saw that son and ran to him. He could not get to the Father, but the Father got to him. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you might not be able to get to God, but God can get to you. God can reach way down right where you are. Oh, yes, he can. And he's the God of the second chance. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is the God of the second chance, of the third chance, of the fourth chance. I don't know about you, but when you look at that young man, messed up, made a mess, but his father gave him another chance. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I messed up. But God gave me another chance. The reason I'm here 
The reason I'm standing in God's house today is that God, my God, is a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. You might have messed up, but come on back home. God is waiting on you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the omnipotent God who gave his son for you is waiting on you to come back home. When you get back home, you'll not be a servant or a slave. You'll be a son or a daughter. Yes. Oh, oh bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Yes. Yes. If you want to be restored, trust God to give you all the help that you need. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is here to give all the help that you need. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear thou not, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. God's going to strengthen you. God's going to help you. God's going to hold you up. Come on and praise him. Yes. Yes. Jeremiah 30 and 17. The Lord said, I will restore health unto you. I will heal you of all your wounds. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, the healer is in the room right now. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the healer is in the room right now to heal your mind, to heal your broken heart, to heal your spirit, to heal your life, to pick you up and raise you higher than you've ever gone before. Help me praise him. That the Lord said, I will restore. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's restoration time. Tell him again, it's restoration time. Hallelujah. Give God praise. Give God praise. I've got to stop. I've got to close. But God loves to find stuff that's lost. God loves to fix broken thing. Yes. Yes, he does. If it's lost, God will find it. If it's lost, God will go after it. Jesus said if one had a hundred sheep and lost one, he'd leave the 99. Go look for that one. If you had ten pieces of silver and lost one, you'd set the nine aside. Go find that one. If he lost one, he would go and find it and never be satisfied until he had brought it back in his place again. Child of God, God's been looking for you. God's going to bring you to his bosom, bring you to his side. I had a little, my son Larry had a little toy that he loved very much. He had it for years. Finally, the tire came off of that little toy car. 
the little toy car became scratched. It became broken. And when I found it out in the yard, I picked it up and threw it in the trash can. But Larry came along looking for his little toy and said, Daddy, where's my toy? I said, Larry, that toy was broken. So I threw it away in that trash can over there. Larry went over to the trash can, climbed up on the edge of the trash can and said, but Daddy, I like broken things. I said, Larry, it's broken. It's no good. But he said, Daddy, I like broken things. I just come by to tell you the other day, the devil testified against you, said they messed up, they failed. You need to throw them away because they are no good. But Jesus climbs up on the trash can of life and says, Father, I like broken things. Child of the Lord, God is in the room. Jesus has shown up. Your name was on his list. Said, God, I like broken things. I'm going to turn their life around. I'm going to take them higher than they've ever been before. This is the time of restoration. Come on, neighbor, raise that hand and say, Lord, I thank you for restoration. Lord, I thank you for turning my life around. Lord, I see me in the future and I look much better than I look right now. Come on and praise him. Yes, yes, hallelujah, glory. God is sentimental. God is stuck on stuff. Hallelujah. When you get separated from him, he's not satisfied until he gets you back. If you lose something in your life, he understands what it is to lose something, and he won't leave you alone until you get it back. I don't know about you. I made up my mind. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to get my peace back. I'm going to get my power back. I'm going to get my anointing back in the name of Jesus. Reach out by faith and say, Lord, I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus. Stand up and praise him. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, whatever we've lost, let's take it back in the name of Jesus. God said, I will restore unto you everything, everything that's been destroyed. If you believe it, say, Lord, do it in my life. Praise you. Praise you, Lord, in the name of Jesus.
If I had time, I'd talk about Job. Lost everything. But God gave him double for his trouble. Got twice as many sheep. Twice as many goats. Twice as many camels. He didn't get twice as many wives. He just got a wife that was twice as good. And in the midst of it all, Job said, he knows the way I take it. When he is trying me, I'm coming out of this. Shining just like gold. Come on, tell somebody I'm coming out of this. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Healing is here. Power is here. Deliverance is here. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and praise him. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence, your power, your anointing. Thank you for your blessing in this room right now. Thank you, dear Lord, for healing. You're God of miracles, and you promised me that you were going to heal people in the days that are to come. Whatever it is, wherever the ailment might be, the pain, the ailment, the cancer, the sickness, in the name of Jesus, be healed. God, restore health and wholeness to your body, to your home, to your career, to your life. Be healed in Jesus' name. Everything about you be set free and delivered and healed by the power of God. Thank God for healing. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for power. Your finances are going to be restored. In the name of Jesus, tell your neighbor, my finances are going to be restored. Hallelujah. Your relationships are going to be restored. Your peace, your joy, your fulfillment. In the name of Jesus, tell your neighbor, neighbor, everything the devil took in 2017. By the power of God, I'm taking it back. If you're not saved, if your sins are not forgiven, you cannot participate in these wonderful promises that God has given to us. These promises are for children of the King, for those who have accepted Jesus as Savior and as Lord. And Christ in you is the hope of your glory. So you need to know Jesus Christ. You need to be saved. Your sins need to be forgiven. We stand at the beginning of a new year. What a wonderful time to accept Jesus and to receive him as Savior and as Lord. He died for you. He rose from the dead. If he could rise from the dead, there's nothing he cannot do. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want to pray for somebody who wants to be saved, who wants to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. If you're here today and you're not saved, 
I just want you to slip that hand up as your way of saying, preacher, pray for me. I'll pray for you right where you are. Right where you are, every sin can be forgiven. Every wrong thing you've done can be set right by the power of Almighty God. You would say, preacher, I want to be saved. Lift that hand, hold it high so that I can see it. In the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand. I pray for those who should have lifted their hand but did not do so. Thank you that you brought them here for an overhaul. Brought them here for a restoration. You brought them here so their lives can be fixed in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, let them never be the same again. Come into their lives, set them free, make them new in the power of Almighty God. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me, dear Lord. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I have new life. Come on, praise the Lord for it. Praise him. Lift that hand again. I want to know your name. I want to write you this week a letter of encouragement. You've accepted Christ. You're a Christian. You've been born again. And now there are instructions there. It's support and encouragement that you need. There is instruction in the word that we want to give you regarding your future in the Lord. I want to know your name so I can write.